And today, I'm going to share with you what God put in my heart. Amen. Amen. I don't know if this is note taking, but it's good to take notes. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, you can start practicing it and applying it. Amen. The title of the message is called Supernatural Faith. Super, supernatural faith. Supernatural faith is a part of God's spiritual gift. Can someone go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 and 11? Don't worry, I'm not going to shout you out to read it. Just go to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 through 11. And if you have it, say amen. Amen. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. And before I say it, I open this word of God and Lord may you, oh God, May you, O God, be in the midst of these words. Amen. In Jesus' name, in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. It is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of, no of special knowledge. Verse 9, the same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives us the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. And another ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the, the ability to discern whether the message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown, unknown languages, while others is given the ability to interpret what, what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person each person should have so today we're going to talk about supernatural faith the spirit of the lord told me uh some theologians um they break it down in this scripture they break it down in three categories there's nine gifts and they break it down in three the first section will be the gift of revelation. The second section will be the gift of power. And the third section will be the vocal gift. Amen. This is only for the convenience of how it works. Amen. So today we're going to really understand the supernatural faith. That's a gift. Amen? Amen. And if we go to it, if we go to verse 9, it says the same spirit. So how many spirit is there? One. One. Come on. It's one spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen? That gives the gift. So in verse 9, it says the same spirit gives great faith. What's your translation says? Somebody tell me their translation. What does it say? Mine say great faith. What does yours say? Wisdom. Say it again. Wisdom. Next one. After wisdom. Knowledge. Knowledge after knowledge. Uh, faith. 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 To another faith by the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. The spiritual gift is called also great faith. Think about it. Great faith. 
That's not the faith that I'm talking about. Right? So in order for the body to come in to, to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they have to have great faith and belief. Amen. For him to save, right? That's faith. But that's not the faith that I'm talking about. I'm talking about supernatural faith. That comes from God. This gift is an unusual ability to what? To trust God. To what? To trust God. You need great faith to trust God in a special need. Ah, oh, I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it over here. Maybe this size. I don't know. <laughs> you need great faith to trust God to fulfill the special need. Oh, that requires supernatural faith. Not faith of not faith of salvation. We say amen to that, but I'm talking about supernatural faith. I want you to imprint this in your heart. Get this. Get it in your mind. Get a visual. If you're I'm a visual learner, so be a visual person if you need to. But get it and let, and let it imprint you. Let it engrave what I'm talking about here. The gift of faith equals God's faith. I'm going to break it down in a minute. Because <laughs> I see it. Let me tell you. The gift of faith equals God's faith. This faith has power. Because now we're talking about on the section on section two, remember the section one was the gift of revelation, right? The gift of revelation. But we're not talking about the gift of revelation right now. We're talking about the gift of power. Faith is power. His faith has power. All of the gifts of God should be exercised daily. I talk to, to my prayer line people and I tell them, you must exercise the gift that God has given to you. Because if you don't exercise the gift that God has given to you, it will become dormant. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Something Amen. that Derek Prince, the man of God, said something about working and, and exercising your gift. And he says, but he's exercising his gift. He's a duck in water. He can swim right through. When you're working in the ability of God, the gift that he gave you and you're exercising, you're swimming in water. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But when you're not exercising it, or you're using a gift that wasn't even given to you, you're like walking a duck out of water. Have you ever seen a duck walk out of water? They waddle really weird. Yeah. It feels uncomfortable. Because you're not exercising the gift. Jesus. Exercise it. God has given you all a gift or gifts. I believe that he gives many. I believe it. Amen. Amen. He gives all of us gift or gifts that should be utilized. Let me tell you where it's supposed to be utilized. For the church for the world and to edify your soul and your spirit, not your flesh. Mm. Jesus. And I'm not talking about natural gifts or talented gifts. If you can play an instrument, God bless. If you can sing, God bless. But I'm talking about a supernatural gift. Faith of God. He took me to the book of Matthew. Church, go to it. Matthew 17. When you go to it, just say amen. Amen. And I'm going to start in verse 14, but my main topic will be verse 19 and 20. 
But I want to read it so you can see what Jesus is saying. It says here, Matthew 17, verses 14. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus. Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffer terribly. He often falls into the fire. Get it? He's throwing himself into fire. What human person throws himself in the fire? Huh? Someone that's demon possessed. He throws himself into fire or into water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. I want you to get it. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? And Jesus says, you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here and there. Move here to there. And it will move. Nothing will be impossible. Can I tell you, I've read this. I heard ministers say this. Over and over, but then God broke it down to me. Ah, no, 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 no. Let me bring you back what I'm talking about. Thank you, Lord. You know, verse, verse 17, 14, and uh, uh, verse 17, it sounds kind of harsh, right? If you look at it, Jesus says, You faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus was directing this to the unbelieving crowd, the Jewish crowd, and I also believe the leaders that were there too, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because they were called spectators. Man of God, dressed as they had all this holiness and seeing the Messiah that they did not believe to cast out demons. So they were just what? Spectators. Also, they refuse to acknowledge God's presence. I want you to get that. That verse is because they refuse to acknowledge God's presence. It was sharp, wasn't it? Correction. He was also correcting the disciples. Amen? Because the disciples failed to trust Jesus, and guess what they failed to believe? His saving and healing power. They failed to believe in Jesus' healing and saving power. Faith has power to save and to heal. If you have God's faith, you will move mountains. I'm going to say that again. If you have God's faith, you will move mountains. Amen. God faith in part imparts into us a mustard seed. Let me tell you what that means. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, you need to have faith like a mustard seed. How big is a mustard seed? Not that great, not that big, right? It's not that big. You know who that mustard seed is? Small, right? This is how Jesus broke it down. He goes, See, people think it's their faith that they have to have a small faith to believe. No, 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 no. The faith is me. Meaning, all I need is a small faith. Meaning, God is saying, I'm so big, I don't need that much faith. Because I already believe. I want you to get it. God is saying, my faith is so big. All 
Amen. Jesus doesn't need a lot of faith to save and heal. All he needs is a mustard seed and it will be done. He is saying, grab my faith. And you will see mountain moves. That's what he was telling the disciples. That's why they couldn't cast out that demon from that boy. That's why he said to those Jewish crowds and to the believers, to the unbelievers, and also to the, to the, uh, the spectators and even to his disciples, you with no faith, you with no power, need my power. And I don't need that much. I say it and it's so. Jesus doesn't need a lot of faith to save and heal. Let me tell you, it's not the quantity it's his quality. Amen. It's not the quantity of faith. How much faith do I need to believe? No, 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 no. If you believe the God that we serve is greater and bigger that can do things, then that's the seed that you need. It's not the quantity of faith. It's the quality. The quality of God's faith is unmeasured. I want someone to go take out a tip measure and go take God's faith. And then come back and report to me how his faith is. Because he said, all I need is a little mustard seed and it is done. Amen. Hey. His quality. It's not the quantity. It's his quality that is powerful and effective. I serve a God that's effective. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. I serve a God that's effective. Jesus knows this gift of faith is needed. You know where this gift of faith is needed? In the house of God and those that don't believe. Those that don't believe. Even to the spectators that do believe. In order for us to be faithful servants of the Lord, we need to exercise the gift. His faith moves mountains. Let me tell you what his faith does. Those that know it, that are my witness, when we do deliverance, faith enters into the room. Hallelujah. When faith enters into the room, every demon, every principality trembles in its feet because the faith of power just walked in the room and is about to be infected. Listen, when, when people call for deliverance, I laugh because I say, God, I'm coming with your mustard seed of faith because that mustard seed of faith is going to move mountains. If I say go there, it's going to go there. Amen? Amen. 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 It removes strongholds. Amen? Amen? We need the supernatural gift of faith in this church. Faith with God. Without, faith without good works is dead. You can find that in James 2.26. You can talk the talk and walk the walk. But if you're not doing the exercise that God has given to you, if you're not utilizing, if you're not utilizing, if you're not using the gift of God, it's dead works. Amen. Amen. Just sit down. Amen. Because you ain't casting My nothing God. out. My God. You ain't going to move no mountains My God. if you're not using God's gift. Hello, come on, sister. Give me that. Come on. If we're not using God's gift, guess what? It's dead works. I gotta tell you, the supernatural faith, it's not what you see with your eyes. This is a gift. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9, it's a gift from heaven. It is unusual. This gift means power. Hmm. Faith, this kind of supernatural faith can look strange to people. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with them? Why they got this 
But why they got so much faith? Wow. They look fearless in this faith. Wait a minute. You know what this faith does? It's a fire spreader. This faith is so supernatural that it's a fire spreader. Go with me on Romans chapter 4, verses 17. Amen? If you guys say amen. amen. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He's talking about Abraham. Abraham was a man of faith. Here is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives light to the dead and calls into being that were not. I'm going to say that again. The God who gives light to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Mommy. The faith that God gives is what calls into being that was not there. If you know the story of Abraham and Sarah, Abraham was promised a seed through Sarah. Amen. And they waited and waited and waited until the point that Sarah was unable to what? To get pregnant anymore because she passed the age. Oh, here's the faith. Here's the faith. If God promised you something, where's your faith? It's not what you see. It's what you believe, what God says. Amen? The faith that God gives is what calls into being which was not there. Faith of God is calling, let me tell you what faith of God is, is calling into life. It's calling into existence. Faith of God is calling life to what looks dead. What looks gone. What looks forgotten or never existed. The faith of Abraham. It was more than just believing. You need to get this. It's supernatural faith. What is it called? Supernatural. Where you get that? Mm. Abraham faith was not only on God's promise. But that God's faith, God's supernatural faith, rested on Abraham. Get it? God's faith power rested on Abraham. Ah. We need God's faith. We need his power. We need God's faith, amen? amen? Which is, God's faith is nothing but a mustard seed. He doesn't need that much to believe. He just believes. So can we, the church, the body of Christ, finally receive the mustard seed of Christ? Amen. He doesn't need much to call into being. If you read the first book of the first chapter of uh, the, the first six chapters in Genesis, you tell me how much faith he needed. Let there be what? Light. Let there be what? Light. Dark. Let there be what? Animals, right? On the earth. Let them fly. Let them swim. How, mu how much did he need? His faith will call into things, into life that was not there before. His faith, oh, I hope you get it. His faith causes things into existence. So if he can cause things to existence, 
if he can split the Dead Sea, if he can open the blind eye and open the deaf ears, can he not move mountains? Oh, his faith is not your faith. Power came out of his mouth. That's faith. If God can say something and there's life, power just came. What came? Power. That's supernatural what? Faith. And life that was not there now became what he made. Adam and Eve. What did he do to, to, to make Adam come to life? He breathed right. He breathed into Adam's nostril. That's power. What you breathing into? Huh? What you calling into life and into, into existence in God's name? Two elements of faith. The supernatural faith, it's a firm conviction that produces a full acknowledgement of God. It is not of you. This is a supernatural gift. It's a spiritual gift. It's a gift from heaven. It's God's gift. So you cannot buy it. You cannot buy this gift. I'm going to say it. This has to be a gift that God wants to give to you. And he even gives it to you, then you must exercise it. Amen. 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 His truth, his supernatural faith doesn't come from us, but the acknowledgement who he is able, who, who, him, who is able and can do. See, my faith, my supernatural faith, comes from, I know who can do it. Oh, you sick? Oh, not anymore. I know, I, I know someone else that can do it. Oh, you're suffering? Oh, I know someone else that can do it for you. Oh, you need a breakthrough? Oh, I know a person. I know someone. Jesus. You down and out? Oh, let me call on the faith one. Oh, man. People are going to look at you. Oh, she crazy. What's she talking about? It's nonsense. I don't see. I don't see what she's talking about. You don't need to see. Amen. I'm not asking you for your results or your information. I'm already acquiring and acknowledging the one that can already do it. The devil hates that. The devil can't stand someone with a supernatural faith because they don't believe in the circumstances. They don't believe in what's happening right now. They believe that that can change. Jesus. Two, it's a personal surrender to him. A supernatural faith is a personal surrender to him. It no longer requires your strength. It no longer require your strength, your, your mentality, your scholarship, your anything. It doesn't require because it's supernatural, it's spiritual. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. Again, it's not leaning on your own understanding because this faith comes from heaven. So it's going to look strange at first. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. I love this scripture. This is a great example of faith. If you need an example of faith, go to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1. Down to 3. Let me tell you what faith does. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. 
Do you have it now? Yeah. Oh, I believe it. I have it. God promised me something. And I already believe. You know how I believe? I'm walking in it. I don't have it in my hand yet. I don't have it yet. I don't see it yet. But guess what? I'm walking like I got it. I'm acting like I got it. I'm praying like I got it. I'm exercising like I got it. That's right. People are going to say to you, why? Why are you so... Why are you so high in the Lord? Why don't you see this coming and falling apart? Why, why, why? Because I have faith. Amen. That the reality that I hope for will come. The reality of what I hope for will come. The truth is God. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Verses 2. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned good reputation. Verse 3. By faith, we understand that the entire universe, you can go ahead and read Genesis chapter 1. It's confirming faith. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. You want to know God's faith? Go to Genesis chapter 1. He called into what? Into existence. Was it there? Yes. Was it there before? No. Oh, man. I'm about to fire it up. I love, I love God. I love that scripture. That what was now see, it says here, that what we now see did not come from anything that could be seen. Supernatural faith calls into things that was not there. That's power. Jesus. I want the supernatural faith. Hallelujah. Do you understand this? I want God's mustard seed. To start making the lame walk. Hallelujah. I want God's mustard seed to open the blind eyes. I want God's mustard seed to now soften the hardened hearts. I want God's mustard seed to now start imparting the spiritual gift into the body of Christ. I am looking in the supernatural. I don't want what the world can offer. I want what heaven has. What heaven has, I want it here. We can't see in heaven. So that's the faith I want. I want what's in heaven. Amen. I want to hang out with people who have that supernatural faith. Let me tell you, son, when you hang out with people with supernatural faith, I'm talking about power. I'm talking about Jesus said, if you call the mountain to move, you can go to it. You can go to Matthew 17, verses 19 and 20. Verses 20, he says, if you tell the mountain to move, to hear, it will go. All you need is my mustard seed, because I don't need that much faith to move it. So if you want to move the mountain, if you want the power, you need to come to me. I love hanging out with people that have that kind of power. That supernatural faith. Because that person, let me tell you, when you hang out with a person that has supernatural faith, what's supernatural faith? It's what? Power. Power of who? God. Is it effective? Oh, it's going to penetrate. And when you hang out with people that have this kind of gifting, let me tell you, they're going to break barriers. They're going to destroy strongholds. They're going to open ways that was not even open. When you hang out with supernatural faith people, they are, they are going to open things that only God can open. This person, this person that has this 
supernatural faith, this power is exercising it. You can tell when someone doesn't exercise their gift. It takes a while for it to move. When was the last time you prayed? I'm going to keep saying it to the church. To myself too, right? It's your prayer life. It's your sanctification. It's your consecration. What you doing in exercising your gift? The gift that God has given to you? All you need is... What do you need? Who's must have seen? God must have seen. Not yours. Hallelujah, church. This person is exercising God's gift and God's power. See, in the old times, when someone sees someone that is in need, they stop everything that they are doing and go and give a word of God to that person in need. Today in age, it's not about them, it's about me. Oh, how am I going to give that person a dollar? You go get a job. I'm going to walk aimlessly because it's about me. I'm going to put my AirPods, my music, and bump to some music and go because it's about me. In the old times, in the old times, there was this woman of God. You might say she's an old Pentecostal, but thank God for that. And this was in the 1970s, and this was told by my father. He has so many, so many stories of supernatural gift that we don't even see in this state. And one of the stories, him and my mother were going to a church in the city, and this woman of God, she looked like nothing was walking, going into the service, and this man was coming into the church, and he was crippled, or he was bent and twisted. Something was wrong with him, and she saw him, and my dad saw this woman, and my mother was a witness, and this woman came out of the pew, and she went to the man and says, my God doesn't make crooked things. My God doesn't make crooked things. Straighten Enter into the temple of God crooked. 
other the, the, the details. But she said, I'm going to curse that demon that has paralyzed his body from walking on straight. Because that's not of God. This tree that looked like a fig, God cursed it from where? Through the roots. You have to curse things that are not of God from the roots and say, I curse you, and you will no longer come to life. Hallelujah. Jesus. That's faith. Jesus. That's faith. Because if you go to the next verse in, in Matthew 20, he said, Have what? Have faith in who? In God. Because the next day, because it didn't happen the same day when he said it. It was the next day when the disciples were passing by. Oh, snap. Look at that tree. Look at that Yeah. All we need is who's faith? God. How much? Mustard seed. That's all he needed. Jesus only needed a mustard seed. I'm going to tell you right now. When I read this passage, I said, God, you know, you know where you put me. Because I didn't put myself. You know where you put me. So you're telling me to exercise this gift. Let me tell you, when demons and principalities and devils and Satan try to rise up, I'm ready for war. Because I'm going to tell that mountain to move and I'm going to throw it in the sea. And I'm going to curse it to the river you root. You will no longer pick that up. You will no longer grow. That's faith in God. Because I serve, I know who can do it. Who can do it? Let me tell you, this passage is given to us as the evidence of God's miraculous power. This is what faith does. It caused the reality to change. It caused the reality. It, it takes a supernatural God to cause a reality to come forth. That's the God we serve. He is a supernatural God. And so that was a miraculous, and to be honest, that was a miracle. That was a what? Miracle. Let me tell you what that was when he cursed the fig tree. It was his judgment and his authority. If I say you curse, Demon, you're cursed. So what's that mean? You got no place to run. You're done with. Listen to me, stronghold. I cast you out to the pit of hell in the name of Jesus, and you shall go. Jesus. Let me tell you something. You demonic spirit. You have no, no, no freedom to run in here. You must go in the name of Jesus. You mind, body, spirit? You gotta go in the name of Jesus. Amen. You would think the spirit? You gotta go in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You just gotta go. Amen. Let me tell you what this, what this supernatural faith gives. Two gifts that it comes with as well. Healing and miracle. Amen. Because it's what? There's power. We're talking about the gift of power. Faith is power. Faith is a cause something that was not to be. Faith has power to heal. Faith has power to cause miracles and wonders. Because it's not of your faith. It's God's faith. So what comes with this faith? Healing's going to come with this faith. Now miracles are going to come to this faith. Meaning there's going to be a release. The gift of healing. The gift of miracles. Can you say that the church needs it? My God. Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now. The church needs it. The church needs this. Faith has a tendency to release those two great things. Healing and miracles. Let me ask you a question. Think about it. 
If you had to call the mountain and tell the mountain to move, and you had God's mustard seed, and all of a sudden it moved, what would you do? Cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bow down and be like, wow! So why are we not exercising this in our daily life? You have to exercise whatever gift he has given to you. Amen? Amen. It's going to look unusual. Because it's not, it's not from the world. It's from heaven. Faith is not by your strength or your natural ability. If, if, if my God can straighten this man's back and at the end of the service, he came in crooked and came out straight. My God, he can do anything. And it doesn't require me to do anything for him. It just requires me to have God's faith and now exercise God's power. Amen. All I need is God's faith to exercise God's power. What it was not, now will be. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Faith is not about your strength and it's not by your strength. And guess what? Again, it's not by your natural ability. And first, um, excuse me, in Philippines, uh, chapter 4, verses 13, is one of my favorite scriptures. I have a lot of favorite scriptures, but this is another one. I can do all things through Christ. You better highlight that, bubble that, make it so big. You better underline it, star it, heart it, and everything. The name Christ. Not say, I... I, no, 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 I, small I, can do all things through Christ, big Christ. I can do all things through Christ, who what? Who strengthens me. So I'm going to get the, the mustard seed of faith of God, and I'm going to utilize and exercise God's power into what the reality of hope. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. You'll find that. I'm going to show a real small clip. And I want you to see it's not your strength or your ability.
It's not your faith. Hallelujah. It's the Father's faith. I want you to understand. This faith is going to bring you to the finish line. See, Jesus showed me through that short clip. It's going to hurt. Wherever you're walking in, it's going to hurt. But if you continue, if you continue to be faithful, even when it don't look it, even when the back of your hamstring falls out, even when you can't run no more, even when you can't pick it up no more, even when you can't bend down and pray no more, even then, you keep going. Because let me tell you who's going to show up. The Father. Hallelujah. What did he do? Jesus. What did that Father do? He made way. He made sure that all those that were telling him, let him go, let him just stop it. People are going to say, stop praying. People are going to say, get over it. It's done. Why do you keep at it? And they're going to say, well, I know what God said to me. And I need his faith to help me. Cross this finish line. And here comes God. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. My child is going to finish this. Get out the way. I know he's hurt. I know she's hurt. I know what they're going through. I get it. I see it. But get out the way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus. It's through the Father's arms. Take this faith and cross out. I want you to take the word. I want you to take this word that says this faith. If you put down this faith, cross out the T. And what do you have? His faith. Not this faith. We're not going to pray, oh Lord, give me this faith. No, Lord, give me your faith. I need your faith. I need your faith to finish the line. I need your faith to move mountains. I need your faith to cast out demons. I need your faith. I need your faith. I need your faith to call into existence what was not. His faith will carry you further than you can ever imagine. When troubles and tribulation comes from all sides, that was last week's message. When troubles and trials come in all sizes. Satan is saying, yes, fall down. Yes, give up. Yes, say it's over. Yes, it's done with. I want you to say it. I want you to say it. I want you to give up. But God is saying, I'm running to you, child. I'm running to you, child. Have my faith. How long do I need to stay in this perverse land and continue Choosing my mustard seed faith so you can finally believe that I can do it. Exercise the mustard seed of God's faith and the power that releases. What's the power that releases when you exercise faith? Healing and miracles. When you exercise God's faith, you're releasing two things. What is it? Healing and miracles. And that's how God wants to do it. It might not be the same day. It might be just the next day. But you keep insisting God's faith. Many want to quit or give up because the mountain looks too tall. The mountain looks too big. The mountain looks too strong. But this is what I tell you. I tell you, say to the mountain, here I come. Here I come, and I'm not coming by myself. Someone bigger than me, someone greater than me, someone that has the name of all names that can cause things to tremble and shake. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. Don't you stop. You go where God sent you. You don't need many to go with you. You don't need many to go with you. You go by yourself. You use me. You use my name. I called you. I ordained. 
You already know you have been called and chosen. Why do you look to your right, to your left to help you? I am the way. I am the one. I am the truth and the life and the way. Go. Exercise the gift. Because it's going to release. I said to you, tell that mountain that here I come. I'm not by myself. I have God's power, his mustard seed. And with his will and power, let me tell you what my God will do to those mountains. My God will smooth the edges. And he will make that mountain straight from my path. In the name of Jesus Christ. I end with this. Take these two scriptures. When you have a mountain that you're facing and you got to climb that mountain. Let me tell you something. When you go to that mountain, it's by yourself. It's just you and God. Mama can't go with you. Daddy can't go with you. Spouse can't go with you. Children can't go with you. I'm sorry, but it's you and God going up to that mountain. Let me tell you, uh, this past week I took a picture. God said, I need you to come to the mountain. And I need you to take all your burdens and your baggages and I need you to bring it up to me. And I said, God, I'm afraid of heights. And you want me to climb where? I'm not New York City, but man, I live like that. I don't live in the country like that. I don't like to climb. But if you're climbing, telling me to climb the mountain, I'm a climbing. And I said, I don't know what I'm expecting. But I'm expecting you. And as I'm walking in this dirt road, ready to climb up this little hill, this mountain, I started looking to my right and started looking to my left. And I said, I hope no coyotes or bears come and eat me because then I'm done. And I saw myself walking by myself. And guess, carrying the bag of burdens on my back, literally carrying the bags of burden of all God's promises and all his visions, and I'm carrying it all in a bag. And I said, you want me to climb this with this heavy bag up there? I'm going to climb it, but it, are you going to be there to meet me? Can I tell you, those moments of walking by myself and carrying the burden, I felt so alone and so tired and weary. But God, you called me to go to the mountain, so I'm going to go. But I'm expecting to see your face. Tell me what you want me to do with this burden. Take it to the mountain. In Psalms 18.33, he says, he makes me as smooth he makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountains heights. Let me tell you something. The moment that I climbed up that little thing, that mountain, that hill, whatever you want to call it, and I walked it all by myself, and all I did was shout the name of Jesus. Here I am, here I am, here I am. Send me. In verse Isaiah chapter 2 verses 14 he will level all the high mountains and all the lofty hills that's the God that I serve can I tell you that very night as I hung up as I hung up the hill and came back home I got a phone call by my pastor and can I tell you I'm not going to tell you but I can tell you this God spoke. She wasn't there in the mountain. She was in Florida. But God showed her me in the mountains and said, hey, I got to tell you, I know that mountain. I saw you in that mountain. I know that very mountain. I know that book that you were carrying. I know that burden. I know that weariness. I know that stress. I know, I know, I know. But can I tell you the God that I serve? Well, he got to tell you. He's going to make that mountain smooth. 
Just tell that mountain to move. Amen? Glory be your name.